Welcome to the Free Your Energy Podcast. 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 I wanted to create a space where I could chat with thought leaders, spiritual luminaries, authors, and health and wellness experts to discuss how we can free ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, and beyond. I care about mindset, movement, and positive relationships. And I created this podcast for people who also care about these topics and expansion. 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 What's going on? What are you processing? What are you, what are you observing? What are you going through? Yeah. Well, I, I live in LA and for anyone listening that is aware of LA, um, it's, it's really funny. So there's the East side and the West side. And when you live on the East side of LA, it's kind of a joke that you might as well live in another country because people don't want to cross over the 405 because the traffic is insane. Right. And I've lived on the east side of LA for the last six years. So my whole life has been over there. You know, my friend group, my doctor's office, everything. And I just up and moved to the west side three weeks ago to Santa Monica. Um, there was no other real reason that I can give you other than I felt my soul being called to be on this side of town. I really wanted to be close to the ocean. And I just felt every time I came over here that there was some reason I needed to be over here. And that's really all I could say. Um, and so I've moved over here. I've completely uprooted my life. I don't really have that many friends on, on this side of town. And of course I have my friends on the East side, but you know, it's not I lived five to 10 minutes from all my best friends for the last like six years, you know? So it's like, you're having a bad day. Friend will be over in 10 minutes, you know? And now I'm in this new position where, you know, I have to really plan out my time with my friends. I'm spending a lot more time alone, which is beautiful. And I'm realizing that I really need that for my growth right now. But it has been, yeah, it's been a lot of processing. What's been the best part of the change? Ooh. You know, as resistant as I am to change, I actually really enjoy it. And I think um, as hard as the change has been, I've also found a lot of excitement in it because I feel these little pockets of excitement of feeling like my life is going in a whole new direction right now. And that has been really fun and exciting for me. Also, I live in this like gorgeous apartment that I love that I'm super excited about. I'm 10 minutes from the beach. I go walk the beach almost every day with my dog. So let's say those are probably, yeah, my... Yeah, those are good, especially being by the beach. That one for me, when you said that, you know, I'm here in Arizona, so I'm a state over from you. So for me to get to the beach, there's some effort that has to be put in, which is always worth it because the beach is is beautiful. Yeah. And uh, just to hear you say, oh, yeah, I go to the beach every day. My soul was like, you need to be going to the beach every day, sir. It was like, uh, (laughs) I feel like you just gave me an invitation. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So. What's something that you're extremely passionate about? Health and wellness, everything nutrition. Um, And to get a little bit more granular and specific, I'm very passionate about going after the food industry because people are so confused what it means to be really healthy in this country. And a lot of that is because we don't make it easy for people to eat well in this country. We put additives and crap in food. We do something what's called greenwashing, which is, you know, we put all these nice things on the front of the package and lead people to believe that they're healthy. And then you turn it around and it's a chemical shitstorm. Sorry if I can, I don't know if I can cuss on this, but do your thing. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> and so that's something that as I have started to unravel all of this, have become really passionate about educating people on how to navigate it because we've made it very confusing. 
Where did this journey for you start? Oh, I love this question. So when I was a kid, my mom was very into health. Um, she was cooking every meal from scratch. She was buying organic natural foods before it was even really a thing. I'm 37 now. So this would have been back, you know, in the eighties and nineties. And at the time I was really resistant of it. You know, as a kid, you don't really understand how good you have it until you leave the house. And then you compare to other people's stories and, and, you know, I get to college and I'm eating all the fast food that I didn't eat when I was a kid. Um, you know, binge drinking that comes with college. And that was a whole other thing. Um, I just started to make the connection between what I was putting in my body and how I felt because I found myself in this place where all of a sudden I was dealing with heartburn, fatigue, brain fog. I gained a bunch of weight and it just felt really uncomfortable to be in my body. And at this very same time, my mom had started sending me books along the way, just kind of, you know, little nudges. And at first I was super resistant of it. And, you know, I started reading these books that she sent me and I found a lot of these uh, amazing health and wellness experts like Michael Pollan, Mark Hyman. And I started reading the, these books and just realizing that there was this huge connection to our diet and our food and what we were putting in our body that I felt as though people were not really talking about. Growing up, you don't hear that, okay, if you put this in your body, this is going to directly affect the energy that you have and how you feel about yourself and your connection with yourself. And so as I started diving into all that, uh, I just got so excited and I, I just, I consider myself always a student and I just wanted to continue learning about all this because I was so excited, everything I was learning. And I just, that's kind of where my journey started. And then now you go by the title integrative nutritionist. Yes. So what does that, what does that mean? Tell, tell me a little bit more about what that means, what that encompasses, kind of like your day to day in that role. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit about integrative medicine in general, what it does is it combines uh, holistic practices with allopathic, you know, Western modern medicine. It's kind of the sweet spot, right? Where we, I recognize as an integrative nutritionist that we absolutely need medicine, prescription drugs. We would not be here today without antibiotics. So that's very important for people to know that, that I believe in all this. But when you approach it from an integrative approach, you try to check off all the boxes of everything else first before going down that pharmaceutical pill route. So what's your sleep look like? How's your social life? How's your connection with yourself? How's your diet? Are you exercising every day? And so it's this integrative approach that you bring in where you can kind of start to connect all the dots. And oftentimes you can avoid all these extreme interventions like surgery, pills, if you can get all these things in line first. Mm. So the audience here, I would say, from what I can understand, uh, we all care about health and wellness here. We all care about mindset, our energy, our emotional wellness, physical awareness, uh, financial. Like we care about those things on this on this space here. But let's just say there's someone that's listening and this person is thinking, wow, OK, he's talking to a nutritionist today. That's that's cool. I would I would love to eat better. Right. And people typically leave it at that. I would love to eat better. What does eating better mean? Like where, where would a person start? Where do we begin when it comes to, you know, getting in the kitchen and the, the exact things that we're consuming? Where do we even start? OK, I love this question. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. So my business is called Real Foodology, and that is for a reason, because when I first started learning about health, 
what I noticed that I kept coming back to was real food. And ology means the science of. So it's basically the science of real food. And I tell everyone, first things first, we just need to come back to eating real food. And so many of us are unaware that we on a day-to-day basis are not consuming real foods anymore. And I want to be very clear, this is no one's fault. I think we live in a really shame-based society and there's so much shame around everything. So this is not meant to shame anyone. I like to meet people where they are and just say, look, you have been doing the best that you can do with the knowledge that you have had up to this point. And then once we learn more, we do better. And so what I learned when I started getting into health and wellness and nutrition and all this is that we we ha- we define health and eating well. Um, it's very The definition of it is very skewed in this country. Uh, generally speaking, a lot of people, when they think health and you know healthy foods, they think low-calorie, diet foods, diet sodas, um, you know, aspartame, like no sugar sweetened stuff. That is, that's not good for us. We want to get back to eating real food. What is real food? So I always tell people if it was once alive, it's considered to be real food. That can be applied to animals, uh, plants as well. So obviously fruits and vegetables. Uh, if you want to eat good, organic, high quality meats, if you can afford organic, that's okay. But I do like to uh, talk about that just because of all the unhealthy practices that conventional meat, the factory farming practices are just horrible in this country. Um, and then another thing, so, you know, if you can't buy everything in its whole real, um, like if you're buying whole real fruits and vegetables and meats and et cetera, we're going to have to buy packaged foods. So I tell people, if you look at that package and you look at the ingredients, and if you could buy every single one of those ingredients in the grocery store and make it at home, you don't have to, it's not meaning that you're going to make it at home, but if you technically could, then it's fair game and you can buy that packaged food. There's a couple exceptions. I tell people that you really want to avoid canola oil and vegetable oils because they're super inflammatory, sunflower, sunflower oil as well. But for the most part, if you recognize those ingredients on the back, like if your grandmother would know what these ingredients are, that package is safe to buy and it would be considered real food and healthy for you. Okay. The three oils, you said canola oil, sunflower oil, and what was the other one? Uh, vegetable oil. Which okay. is generally canola oil, but you'll see vegetable oil on there a lot of times, and it's just another word for canola oil. Soybean is another one too to avoid. Okay, let's let's stay there for a second on the oil thing because a lot of people are cooking at home, um, and then they're using these oils. So, what's the problem with these oil, and what's a better solution? Yeah, I love this question. So I'll start with the positive first. There's a lot of solutions. Olive oil is the healthiest oil that you can buy. And then I would say avocado oil after that. And coconut oil is really good. You can find these at, I know, you know, price point and budget is a big thing for a lot of people. Go to places like Trader Joe's. I know Walmart and Target now carry these oils. Um, There are a lot of options for buying them. And the reason why is... These oils like canola oil, sunflower oil, more specifically canola oil, the way in which it is produced, there is not an actual canola oil seed. So it's genetically modified from the rapeseed. And the way that they extract this oil, they have to extract it with a chemical solvent called hexane. This in of itself is incredibly unhealthy. Um, And then on top of that, canola oil is so rancid that apparently these plants where they extract the oil stinks 
they stink so bad. Apparently you can barely even like handle it. So then they deodorize it with chemicals. So the problem is, is that it's so highly processed with all these different solvents and these solvents are known as industrial cleaners and degreasers. And when inhaled and absorbed through the skin, um, they can cause long lasting health issues. And on top of that, canola oil is very high in omega-6s. So in the body, you want a three to one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. And so you want, I'm sorry, so you want the threes to be in a higher ratio than the omega-6s. And what's happening right now and why we're seeing such an epidemic of chronic inflammation in this country is because we are consuming so many oils and other foods that are high on omega-6s that it's kiltering that balance off. So we're, we actually have more omega-6s in the body than omega-3s. And so this is why we tell people to avoid these high omega-6 oils so that you can bring the inflammation down in the body. Wow. Okay. And a good, <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking notes. I love um, it. And let me know if you ever have, you know, if this is too much, I know this is a lot for people to take in. I also like, I want to remind people listening you're not going to be able to make all these changes overnight. So be kind to yourself and and maybe make a promise to yourself that you'll do one change a month, you know, and then you can do it over time because that's really how you can start incorporating these habits into your life. Because, you know, I feel like a lot of people listen to my message and they think, oh my God, she is, um, you know, quote unquote, perfect with all this. And she does all this different stuff. I didn't get here overnight. I've been doing this for 15 years and it's been a slow progress as I've learned along the way. I appreciate that invitation. I'm, I'm sure everyone does as all things related to health and wellness can feel overwhelming. You know, it's yeah. especially when when there's two things. One, when you're observing people who, you know, are beautiful people on social media, you know, and then two, you're observing what appears to be like, I love how you use the word perfect. It's like, I don't know why we do this, but we assume that everybody on social media is perfect on the other end, no matter what it is. It's like, oh, look at this perfect, you know, and you fill in the blank and it's like, everything is great. And it's like, if you actually thought for a second, you would recognize that nobody has anything perfect whatsoever, you know? So I yeah. appreciate that invitation. That's okay, so oils, the oils, okay. Um, and then you mentioned omega-3. So a good source of omega-3, uh, would be what salmon, yep. white fish, cod, exactly. things of that nature. Fish. Yep. Sardines are really great too. I know a lot of people have an aversion to them, but they're very good for you. <laughs> the word sardine was like a, a trigger word for me just now. Cause I remember when I was younger, uh, me and my cousins, ironically, we ordered a pizza <clears throat> and this was like early nineties. My grandmother ordered, let us order a pizza. And uh, so she asked me what I wanted. And my order's pretty much been the same since I was a kid. Uh, I always get mushrooms and green peppers. And <laughs> one of my cousins, I don't remember which one, but one of my cousins got sardines. And it, for me, was like the hardest thing to try. Because when the pizza got there, they're like, oh, you should try it. And I'm like, nah, I'm good on that. So I ended up trying it. And it was like, I completely overreacted. Like, as soon as it got in my mouth, I just started throwing up. Like, I didn't really throw up, but I was like, eh. like, you know, the, the, that gagging sound. I just started doing that right away. So <clears throat> you just brought me back to like my early childhood uh, eating sardines. <laughs> well, I think a lot of, I, I don't know if we're around the same age, but I think a lot of we kids. We are. Okay. I think yeah. a lot of kids from our generation wanted to try it because of the Ninja Turtles were eating sardines. Yes. Pizza. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of terms that that float around um, when it comes to being healthy, air quotes. And the truth is, 
everybody has a different body. You have a different life. You you process things differently. You know, you have different energetic needs, different metabolic needs, caloric needs. And so, you know, when we use certain terms as like this is healthy, it doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. And so I would like you to just touch a few of the terms, you know, uh, vegan, vegetarianism, gluten free, uh, fasting, you know, just kind of all of the terms that keep throwing out uh, gluten free, grain free, soy free. Um, maybe there are some that are super important to you or top of mind for you that maybe you want to call and speak on first. Just let's kind of touch some of these terms. Yeah. OK, so. I think this is all of these terms are also why we're seeing such a backlash right now to diet culture, which I totally understand. I do think the pendulum has swung a little bit too far in that direction because it has made people jaded about being healthy. So I like to try to bring the pendulum back to the middle ground here and say, we're also bio individual as people, like you mentioned, you know, we have different genetic makeups, we have different needs. Some people are, you know, have young kids, so they need more energy running around. Um, if you're in your older years, you don't have as much energy. Like there's just across the spectrum, um, everyone has differing needs. So this is why it's so important for everyone to really figure out what works best for them. You have to cancel out all the noise that you hear online. And I always tell people this, this is the number one um, biggest piece of advice I could say, if you are listening to any health expert and they are saying that this is the only way to be healthy, run. Because it's not true. It's just not true. And so this is what I always try to tell people with my message. I'm very clear in saying, um, like I mentioned earlier, I this has been a process for me for almost 15 years now. I feel like I have finally, after 15 years, dialed in my diet to a place where I really feel good. But it's taken me a long time. And that has taken me down different roads of trying the keto, trying paleo. Um, I was vegetarian for five years. I will tell you, for me, for me personally, um, when I went vegetarian, I was very sick. It caused immense hormonal imbalances in my body that I, I ended up trying to heal for years afterwards. I had cystic acne that I couldn't get rid of. I had insane fatigue, brain fog, all this stuff that was not, and I was trying everything I could. And at the time, this is where I got stuck in this, you know, listening to all these experts that were just telling me, you're just not vegan enough. You just have to keep trying doing these different things until finally I threw my hands in the air and I was like, this just isn't working for me anymore. And I need to accept that and listen to the signs and symptoms in my, of my body. And this is why I really don't like any labels in general, because when you put a label on something, it becomes your identity. And then when you start seeing that it's not working for you, it becomes this whole, it kind of crushes your whole identity. Whereas if you can separate that and just say, you know, right now I'm eating vegan and it feels really good. But then if there ever comes a place where your body is telling you, like you need to get to a place where you can really be honest with yourself and listen to the signs and symptoms of your body and say, is this working for me anymore? And be honest with yourself. And if it's not, then start incorporating meat in again or vice versa. If you're realizing that meat doesn't really work for you, then cut it out and find other healthier ways of doing it. So that's really my mentality around all of this. But what happens is it puts the responsibility on the person to figure out what works best for them. But what I've found is that you are the only person that knows what it's like to live in your body. So you can hear from me or from you, if we're sharing online, like, Hey, you know, I eat gluten-free and I do this and I feel amazing. If someone is listening and taking all of that and trying to apply everything to their life, it may not work for them because what works for me may not work for you. 
Um, I personally am gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for 12 years now, but that's because I was diagnosed with an actual wheat allergy. Um, This is one thing I do find important to point out is that a lot of our grains in the U.S., well, pretty much all of them, unless if they are organic, are being sprayed with something called glyphosate, which is a widely used herbicide. And it's very well known for being sprayed on wheat after it has been harvested. And the problem with this is that the World Health Organization has recognized glyphosate as a probable carcinogen, which means that it probably causes cancer in humans. And I don't, I don't say this to scare people, but I say this to put this on your radar, that if you are eating grains, this is a lot of, a lot of why people think that going gluten-free might help them because they are eliminating, eliminating a lot of the glyphosate out of their diet just by doing that alone. So that's an important one to note. Uh, You mentioned soy-free. Soy is very tricky in the U.S. because I forgot the exact percentage. I haven't looked it up recently, but it's something like 92% of all soy in the U.S. is genetically modified. And what that means is that they're using more pesticides on it, and they have modified the proteins um, in a way that our bodies do not always recognize them as food, and we're still studying the effects long-term that they have on the body. GMOs are very controversial. I will let people take what they will with that information. Um, trying to think if there's any other ones that I feel like are very important. Um, again, I feel like, you know, if someone's listening and they're really intrigued by a keto diet or by a paleo diet, I would say try it and see what works for you. But also you can, you can take little things from it. You don't have to full-blown be keto or full-blown be paleo. I, I always tell people I kind of eat like paleo keto-ish because I'm very mindful of my sugar. So I'll eat a lot of like, if I eat treats, I like to buy keto treats because they're not sweetened with sugar. So you don't have to just like pick this one label, stay in that lane. You can really modify it to whatever works best for you. Okay. Walk (laughs) us through a day in your life. Obviously every day is going to be different, but walk us through a day in your life. And what I'm specifically looking for is how you're incorporating your food choices into your day, because you, you know, you do live in a very busy city. You do have a space that you're managing. You do have a podcast you're running and social media channels you're doing and probably a bunch of other things that you're doing. And sometimes, um, and this is not to put anybody down, but sometimes we do make an excuse or for some people, it's a reason we say, Hey, I'm busy. So I don't have time to eat well. And I'm calling everybody out on that because to me, there's nothing more important than you than taking care of yourself. And of course, no one's perfect with this, but walk me through kind of your day, how you're managing your different responsibilities and finding time to put nutrition and, and wellness you know, in your body. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Okay. I'm trying to think of an example of a specific day that I've had because my days look very different every single day, depending on if I'm recording a podcast or doing um, content for my Instagram. So basically I wake up around 7 a.m. every morning. Um, maybe it's important to note that the night before your nighttime routine is almost more important than your morning routine, I would say, because sleep is probably one of the most important puzzle pieces to your overall health. If you do not get enough sleep, your brain is not going to function. You're not going to feel that good. You're just not going to be able to show up as your best self. And on top of that, it also affects your food choices because we, when we are tired, our body is looking for quick energy. So that's when we reach for, you know, the sugary treats, the really high carbohydrate foods, because that's how we get quick energy in our body. So it, 
it drives your food choices. And so I always try to get at least seven to eight hours of sleep in. I really strive to do eight to eight and a half. But if I'm being honest, it usually ends up being more between like seven, seven and a half, eight hours. Um, And I have a whole routine now. I plug my phone in my bathroom at least an hour before bed, just that I'm not on it. I try to read every night if I can. And there's little things that I'll do. If I know that the next day is really busy for me, I'll do certain little prep things the night before so that in the morning I can get up and kind of get on with my day. Coffee is a huge part of my routine. And so sometimes I'll make my coffee the night before and just put it in the fridge and I'll just have it like an iced coffee in the morning because I I add a bunch of different stuff to my coffee. I love to do um, MCT oil, which is coconut oil. I sometimes add a little bit of butter in there, which I know might sound insane to some people, but butter is actually really good for you and provides satiety, which means that it provides fullness and keeps you fuller for longer. And it's a great source of energy actually. Um, so I'll, I'll mix that often at night, put it in the fridge, juice some lemons that I love to put in my water in the morning. So that way when I get up in the morning, my coffee is ready to go. I, again, this is, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to follow this. You need to find what works best for you. I'm not generally super hungry when I first wake up in the morning, especially when I have that coffee with the MCT on the butter. So I generally don't find myself eating until anywhere between like 11 and 1 PM. And that's just natural for me. I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm not hungry. I don't force down food. If I wake up in the morning at 7 AM and I'm starving, I will eat. So that helps me a lot in the morning because my coffee is usually already ready. Um, I like to get my exercise in the morning if I can, unless if I have an early podcast. So that looks like either I will go for a hike, a walk around my neighborhood, or a walk on the beach with my dog. This is what I call a health non-negotiable for me. No matter how crazy my day is, unless just something catastrophic happens, I will always make time for that walk. And I make it productive. So either I use that as time to catch up with friends. So I'll go on walks with friends and that's our bonding time. We get to catch up with each other. We haven't seen each other in a week. Or if I'm prepping for a podcast, I'll use that time to, you know, write notes in my phone, uh, maybe listen to some podcasts or things that I can do to prep for that podcast. Or this is also just my time with myself. It's kind of like my meditation with myself, bonding with my dog. And I get vitamin D from the sun, which is also a huge component of health. Uh, And then from there, I usually come back and I will do some emails, do work, either record a podcast or, um, yeah, or work on something that I'm working on do my lunch. Uh, Lunch is different every single day, depending on what I'm craving. I love to do eggs. I think eggs are really healthy for you. I try to have eggs every single day. Um, I love having eggs with avocado and organic sourdough toast with butter. So good. Uh, And then I, you know, I work the rest of the day, catch up on emails, podcast content, whatever that looks like for that day. And then dinner is either spent with friends or cooked at home. Do you want me to get kind of specific on meals that I make or? Yeah. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Okay, give me, cool. Give me, a, give me a meal. What was the last one you made? So, you know what I had last night, which is one of my favorite things to have is sweet potato nachos. Sweet potato nachos. I'm like, okay, I need to taste this. I don't need, I, I'm just like, oh, give me some. <laughs> Well, I love just making these like loaded sweet potato nachos. So you can get a, um, the name of it is, I'm completely brain farting on this right now, the mandolin, where you can really easily, it allows you to easily cut your sweet potatoes into like little discs. So they're kind of like chips. And then you can bake those in the oven, depending on what kind of oven you have, or if you have an air fryer, like around 400 for, you know, like 20 to 40 minutes, it's going to kind of vary on how you're cooking them. 
And then I just load them up with whatever I want. You can do beans. I did organic chicken last night, salsa, guacamole, and then you can do cheese on there. Or I used this, um, Siete Foods has this case. Uh, it's like a cashew based queso. So it's a dairy free queso cheese that I drizzled on top of it. And it was fire. <laughs> it was so good. I eat that. I eat that queso. I buy it's it. So I get good. it. I get it from Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so same. good. Hello, my friend. I would like to invite you to support the podcast. Go to sylvestermcnutt.net slash podcast. sylvestermcnutt.net slash podcast. And you could subscribe to the podcast. It's $8.88. This money will go towards the web service that I use, my engineer, everything that we need to edit, and everything that we need to bring you the best show possible. If you're a supporter of what we're doing and you love the work here, you can support for $8.88 at sylvestermcnutt.net slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So what's one of your missions with uh, your business? What's one one thing like if, if you look back and you, you know, 20 years and you're like, wow, I did that. What's what's one of the things that will give you that sense of accomplishment? So my mission is really just to help America get healthier, to really change. I, I've said, I've been saying this for years. My mission is to change the way that America eats. I want people to understand what it truly means to be eating healthy and help people really navigate how to buy healthy foods for them and their families. Because like I was saying in the very beginning, it, we have made it so hard and so confusing and so my hope is that I can break this down and make it really easy for people so that when they go to the grocery store, they're very clear. They're like, oh yeah, okay, I can do, you know, I can do all this. And I will say in the beginning, it will be very overwhelming because you are like a little investigator and you're just having to look at every single package, every single ingredient, but you get into a place over time where you know the brands that you can trust and you know the things that you love and that you can buy and it becomes a lot easier. What do you do when you're working with someone or you want to reach a person who has 30 years of experience of thinking a particular thing is healthy for them when, and let's just be honest, the word healthy isn't necessarily good or bad. You know, it's just kind of information. It's kind of how much you're using, how often you're doing it, frequency, things of that nature. But I'll give you a specific example to help you understand the context of the question. I have a friend who came to me, and if you don't know this about me, I, I'm a former professional athlete. I, I used to be a personal trainer as well. My dad was a nutritionist. So I grew up in this lane of like taking care of yourself. And so my, my friend comes to me and he's he's like, hey, uh, you know, I want to drop 30, 40 pounds. And I'm instantly like, cool, that's actually easy to do. Uh, you just need to listen to a few steps. And so, of course, a few steps I gave him were to immediately eliminate sugary drinks immediately. This is a guy who was having, you know, a Coca-Cola and there's nothing wrong with the Coca-Cola, but if you're having multiple a day, you know that I think they're what 32 grams of sugar per pop, which is more than you're supposed to have in one day. So I told him, I say, first thing we're doing is we're getting rid of the soda. Second thing you're doing is you're getting rid of your, your, your uh, cereal. And to him eating breakfast cereal was healthy because he ate breakfast cereal his whole life. He was told to eat breakfast cereal. And so how do you support people who don't really understand that? Yes, there are healthy breakfast cereals that do exist. 
But when we're talking about Frosted Flakes or Corn Pops or, uh, you know, <laughs> Captain Crunch, th- these are you're eating sugar. And I had I had about a year conversation with them trying to convince them to see like I'm sending him data. I'm like, look, I would go to his house. I would like, look, come look at the box. Come look at these ingredients. You know, I would do all this work. So for you who sit in this profession, you know, how do you get people to see that there is a healthier alternative to the things that they consider healthy? You know, that's a really great question. And if I'm being honest, I'm still kind of figuring that out myself. So what I have found that does work is that you really have to meet people where they are. And it sounds like, for example, with your friend, I think an example of looking, um, an example of meeting him where he is would be providing him with healthier alternatives. So I would kind of start from very square, square one because this is actually what I had to do in my own personal journey. I was very addicted to sugar when I was younger. And instead of just cutting it out cold turkey, what it looked like for me was finding alternatives that were at least healthier. It was still sugar. It was still candy. But it was that first step that I needed to take in order to get to the next step. Because I think a lot of times people, we look at the end goal and it seems impossible to get there. You have to stop looking so forward and just take one step at a time. And for him, I would say let's start getting him on at least healthier cereals. And you can kind of explain like, okay, I know you love these, you know, the cinnamon toast crunch or whatever, but what about this brand? And I can't think of a specific brand right now, but you know, at least that these organic grains and they have a lot less sugar in here. What if you just try this? And often what happens is when they start making those switches, people don't even understand how sick or unhealthy they were feeling before that when they start making these changes and they start feeling better, they just want to continue down. So then as he eats this, this less sugary cereal and he realizes, Oh wow, I have more energy. I've dropped a couple pounds. He wants to keep going. So then he'll come back and say, okay, this worked. What do we do next? And then you can be like, okay, well, you know, cereal is not the best option. Why don't we do this instead? Uh, or for people listening that are, Um, drinking a lot of sodas every day, like you said. I mean, one can of soda is more sugar than we should be consuming an entire day's worth of food and drinks. And what's funny about sodas is I always say that it's the easiest thing for people to cut out in order to better their health, but it literally can be one of the hardest things. Like, it's so easy to say, like, just by literally just dropping the Coke alone you cannot even begin to fathom the amount of life of changes that you will see in your health. And so for that, I tell people, you know, there's great alternatives. There is a company called Olipop that makes these sodas that are only five grams of sugar and they have a root beer one, they have a cola one, and that's a great alternative. There's another company called Zevia that makes completely sugar-free ones. And look, these are not going to be the same as your Coca-Cola, but again, it's kind of meeting somewhere, someone where they are and giving them a healthier alternative. I like that. There's another uh, for the ice cream lovers out there. That's me. Uh, (laughs) There's this uh, they're called Johnny Pops and they're really, really good. They're like just a few ingredients, very low calorically. And that for me was uh, a big switch when I went to them. And it's like when you first when you're eating the thing that just tastes amazing, part of what helps it taste amazing is the things that were added to it. Sugar. Right. And so when you switch to often something that is, quote unquote, healthier or less sugar, it may not taste the same, but that's part of the experience. And your taste buds will adapt. 
You know, if you just stick with it, your taste buds will adapt. So I remember the very first time I had a Johnny Pop, because I was super hyper aware of the amount of sugar I was eating before, I was able to recognize like, wow, this has way less sugar. So it really didn't taste like that, quote unquote, good at first. But as I just stayed with it, then it, my choice of the Johnny Pops felt so much better because the ice cream I was eating before was like a 350 calorie choice. This Johnny Pop was like a 70 calorie choice. And so it just made me feel so much better because, you know, that extra 200 that I mean, that adds up over a year, you know. Mm-hmm. As a nutritionist, uh, what's your take on someone who comes to you and they say, hey, I want to lose weight or maybe lose body fat, change my body composition. Um, and I see online, I see all the fitness YouTubers and people on Instagram some of them say don't count calories. Some say do count calories. Some doctors say calorie in, calorie out. You know, so what would, what's your personal take on the method of counting calories as a way to, you know, monitor and lose weight? So I kind of sit in the middle of it. I, do, I personally don't calorie count. There was one time in my life that I did, and I found for me personally that it really put me in a place that that was very mentally unhealthy for me. And I find that for a lot of people, when we become so obsessive with the numbers, we will often make worse choices for ourselves than if we didn't think about the number. Because if someone is, has two things sitting in front of them, and let's say that it's like a, you know, a pack of 90 calorie Oreos and then a bag of almonds and you got the 90 calorie Oreos, but then you have 200 calories worth of almonds. You have to take a step back and think about, yeah, the Oreos are going to be less calories. However, you're going to eat those. It's going to cause your insulin to spike. And then you're, you're going to get a you know burst of energy and then you're going to crash. And then you're going to have another craving for more sugar. So you're ultimately probably going to end up eating more calories anyways. And you're going to have that insulin spike that's not super great for your blood sugar. Whereas with the almonds, you're getting good healthy fats in there. It's going to keep you fuller for longer. Oftentimes it will keep you full for a couple of hours in between meals And, you know, there's all these vitamins and minerals and nutrients in there that feed the cells. And, you know, ultimately we have to think about this from a place of what you are fueling your body with is what is feeding your cells and your cells are what help your body uh, create energy so that you can, you know, breathe and live your life and grow out your hair and your nails. And I mean, there's just so many different facets. And so I don't like this concept of calorie counting because people get so focused on these numbers that it causes... Um, yeah, it just causes a, a, an issue with the food choices. However, I will say this, that you do need to be mindful of how much food you eat on a day-to-day basis if the goal is to lose weight, because there is a point where you can eat too much healthy food as well. But you know, that's just a fact of life. We can overdo anything, even if it's healthy or not. We can overdo drinking water. So it is something to be mindful of. And you don't want to say like, oh, it's fine. This is healthy. It's a free for all. And I can literally just eat however much I want all the time. But that being said, when you're eating whole real foods, you're not as likely to like overeat it anyways, because who binges on, you know, salmon or something like that, you know, but whereas like when you're eating these Doritos or those Oreos that are, they are creating something called the bliss point in those foods that make them so highly palatable. It's that perfect blend of fat, sugar, and salt that makes it so addictive. And it's why you can't put it down. And so this is often where people have issues with losing weight is they're like, 
you know, I'm trying to eat all this healthy stuff. I'm eating these 90 calorie things and they don't understand why they can't put it down because they're just craving it so intensely. And it, it creates this mechanism in your brain where you can't stop eating. So I would say be mindful of the amount of food that you eat, but if you're eating real food, you don't have to get down to like every minute little number, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I find it uh, a good practice to learn, you know, just for the knowledge piece, just to know, because there is a big difference between a burger that's 1500 calories and a burger that's 500 calories. And it's good to know, like to be able to look at it and tell like, okay, well, there's this you know, there's this amount on there, there's that amount on there. It's just good information to have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and if someone is really trying to lose weight right now, um, I would be mindful of that. You know, you want to make these healthier choices and then also say, okay, well, if I'm adding guacamole on here, um, you probably don't want, don't want to do more than like two tablespoons worth of it. Cause it's going to be more caloric dense, but that's okay. That shouldn't scare you. You have to reframe it in your brain as, this is really healthy for me. These fats are going to cause satiety, which means it's going to cause you to be um, satisfied and fuller for longer, and it will keep you fuller in between meals. So it's important to have those fats, but you don't want to go overboard and eat you know, a whole tub of guacamole because then that will, over time, skew your weight loss. Okay. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Try not to think about this, okay? Uh-oh. You just answer as soon as it comes to you. The answer can be one word. It could be a sentence. You can explain if you need to. Just answer quick as possible, okay? That's all the context you get. All right, you ready? Okay. Okay. Favorite movie? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Favorite song? Oh, um, I love... Rufus to Soul, but I can't remember the name, so I'm just going to go with Rufus to Soul. Devotion, I think it's called. Okay. Favorite actor or actress? Probably Brad Pitt. Oh, he's good. He's also an Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Love him. Okay. Favorite singer? Ooh. <sighs> Sorry, this is really hard for me. I mean, I would probably say the singer of Rufus to Soul. I don't even know his name though, so maybe he's not my favorite singer. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite snack? Um, oh, these beef jerky sticks from Paleo Valley—they are grass-fed meat sticks. <laughs> <laughs> sunset or sunrise? Sunset. Your favorite meal? My mom used to make this homemade pesto and she would put it over cheese tortellini pasta. And it's still to this day is, oh, Oh. my ultimate comfort food. (laughs) Tortellini is, oh, man. I know. It's so good. (laughs) Okay. So here on the Free Your Energy podcast, the whole, that's the whole mission is to free your energy. I feel like you helped us a lot today with our nutrition, giving us different invitations of things to uh, be aware of or to investigate. What is your your final parting invitation for us when it comes to our nutrition, our wellness, uh, how we're treating ourselves, our sleep, all all the things? Yeah, I mean, I touched on this a little bit before, but I think it's so important when you're talking about health and wellness to really um, dive into this, that just a reminder to be compassionate with yourself and where you are in your journey and try not to compare yourself to what you see other people are doing online because that's their journey and you have no idea what they what took it them to get there or what they're struggling with right now. 
life is hard enough as it is. Don't be so hard on yourself as well. So when you're embarking on a health journey, just be compassionate with yourself because that really will help you along this journey. And just know that you are doing the best that you can and just take baby steps. You know, like I said, try not to let this become too overwhelming for you. Pick one thing a month you're going to tackle. If that's your sleep, just say this month we're working on my sleep. We're going to get it dialed in and then we're going to worry about everything else later. And the next month you can worry about your diet or taking out sugar or whatever it is. That way it will help you not become so overwhelmed and you can take it day by day and make it manageable because ultimately what you're hoping to do is create lifestyle changes. You don't want this to be something that you do for a week and then you fall off the wagon. This is something that will improve your life in such amazing ways that you want to take it easy and really incorporate it into your everyday life so that it becomes part of your lifestyle. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Free Your Energy podcast. Reviews are everything. Please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope this helped you. I hope it served you. And I hope you continue to free your energy.